walk the path. If you walk the path that's set through the nine units, then when you get to that, you will have the tools that are assumed, the tools that will make the student successful with this task. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudwa, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, recently we did a podcast on Unit 9. Yes. And one of the things I said in that podcast was it used to be that Unit 9 was at the very end of a very long two days and you spend about 15 minutes on it. But the new Teaching Writing Structure and Style video course that you did, you not only spent more time on Unit 9, you actually expanded Unit 9 to include more writing about literature. It's not really Unit 9. No, it's almost like going backwards into Unit 8. Right. (laughs) So we're kind of in Unit 8.9. I like that. (laughs) You thought of it. But you know I don't like this stuff. Well, and I think the reason you don't like it is you haven't spent as much time wrestling with it. But this is the world that English teachers live in, and they love this stuff. And a lot of the requirements, the standards out there, ask students to respond to literature. Yes, or I know. To... That's, that's how yeah. I got into this yep. horrible world. <laughs> I don't know that it's that horrible. Was uh, I was working for a school district in California, and they had their state well, it was actually a district standards okay. that they had. So just localized. Just district standards, and one of those was response to literature. Mm-hmm. So they would give a grade four or five or six student a story or a piece of writing mm-hmm. and tell them to write about it and you know tell what you think. And they weren't doing well with this. Because what they found was that the students at that age would either just retell that story right, or they wouldn't be able to do much at all. And so the teachers were struggling, you know, how do we prepare kids for this district-wide assessment that is very important to us? And this was a little bit above and beyond a Unit 9 formal critique because a formal critique does summarize the story. Yes. And you have an opportunity to tell whether you like it or don't like it. Yeah. So this was really the first of the hybrid models mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I came up with very reluctantly, mm-hmm. I will confess. Mm-hmm. But because I was desperate for business, <laughs> because I wanted this school district to continue to mm-hmm. believe that IEW had the answers to their needs. I hammered this thing out in a hotel one night 
and brought it in to the teachers the next day. And but said, it's still based on the structure okay. and style approach. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. just, like I said, a hybrid. You right. cut some pieces here and there and put it back together. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you get what they want. And I think it was very successful. In right. fact, one of their teachers now works for us here yes. in Oklahoma. She yes, moved she from uh, California to Arkansas when her husband retired. Yep. And so she's now on our school's division team yep. helping other schools who have this need mm-hmm. uh, see that, yes, we can get you there. No matter what there is. The one caveat I would give to people looking at this writing about literature section of our TWSS, please don't jump there. Please don't look at this thing as a smorgasbord and say, aha, right. that's what we need in in April. So let's start doing it now in October. Mm. No, walk the path. Mm-hmm. If you walk the path that's set through the nine units, then when you get to that, mm-hmm. you will have the tools that are assumed. Right the tools that will make the student successful with this task. So you don't have to keep practicing month after month after month after month after month to prepare for the test. It's better just to walk the pathway. I'm absolutely sure of that. Yeah. Great. Good. So I also know, and you're going to talk about this model in just a second, but I also know that after you taught it for the Rockland School District in Northern California, Word kind of leaked out that you were doing this, and we asked you to speak on this at our Writing Educator Symposium. And people just loved, loved this because, like I said, high school teachers in particular, but really all teachers want to be able to know what to do when it comes to literature. How do we write about literature? Should a writing book? So yeah. response to literature. What's the model? Well, we we started essentially with the idea that they needed to teach this in grade four, grade Mm. five, and grade six, and that we would come up with a simple model that could be taught in grade four, then we would add a little bit to it for the grade five and add a little more to it to the grade six. Now, that's fairly arbitrary. That's just because those were the teachers I was working with at that school at that time. I think the model easily applies to middle school and maybe even high school, especially in a beginning step toward this writing about literature Mm -hmm. idea. So the the simplest model was to do a four-paragraph composition Mm -hmm. with an introduction similar to Unit 8, and then a one-paragraph summary of the story. Okay. <laughs> that that can be a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. depending on the length of the story. Uh, but you're essentially just writing one or two sentences about the characters and setting one or two sentences about the problem or conflict and one or two sentences about the climax and resolution. So you're squashing the three-paragraph story sequence chart or the middle three paragraphs of the Unit 9 critique. You're squashing that into one paragraph. And then you're, you're done retelling. You've set the reader up. You've done the summary. Now you move into some sort of response to that. Okay. A response, of course, is what do you think about that? Oh. And most of the time when you ask, you know, 11-year-old kids, what do you think about that? Their answer is, I like it or I don't like it. 
or it's cool or it's <laughs> dumb. So, you know, how you get beyond that? Right. That's the real question, you know, or they may even go up to a higher level of sophisticated. It's really interesting. <laughs> Why? Right. I don't know. It just is, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. I would argue that forcing that level of objectivity on grade four students may not be the best, most appropriate use of instructional time. Mm -hmm. But, okay, we can work with mm -hmm. the requirements. So, so the first paragraph, the introduction. The second paragraph, a, a very short summary. Um, and then the third paragraph would be one what we would call analysis paragraph. Okay. The analysis uh, topics then to choose from, uh, we came up with four. Okay. Four analysis topics. And the student would choose one of them. So either to write a paragraph about the main character, the protagonist in the story, or you could go with any character, but a short story generally, you know, a main mm -hmm. character. You could write about the, the message or the theme, the lesson, the mm -hmm. thing to be learned, mm -hmm. the wisdom to be gained. You could also write something analyzing the mood and the setting and um, how did the author build the picture to make the story more effective. Okay. And then a fourth option would be to comment on the author's style mm. or literary technique. So these are the four analysis topics, and the student would choose one of those. Now, I'm guessing that some stories would lend themselves better towards one than the other. Well, and actually, as you're describing the four possible options for analysis, it makes good sense that you wait to do this type of assignment after you've walked the pathway. Because even as you're describing them, I'm thinking character setting, that's the first paragraph. That's the mood. That's kind of the, and the, the style, they recognize style because they've been using, using style. style exactly. Message or theme, sometimes that comes in the conclusion. So yeah, this is, this is great. This is right. the right time so for this. That's why it's kind of a hybrid. You're, mm -hmm. you're, grabbing pieces and elements of thinking that you've been practicing all yeah. the way through. Um, and then the fourth paragraph would be a conclusion, which would be similar to the critique conclusion. Mm -hmm. Only one of the things they really wanted these kids to do was to make a personal connection. Mm -hmm. So this is your response to that story. Right. So whereas in the critique model, we try to be fairly strict about pushing a more academic-sounding uh, comment. That's right. You can't use I. By not using the I mm -hmm. in this response to literature model because that was what the school district was wanting was, well, how does this make you feel or mm -hmm. how does this relate to your own personal experience? Mm -hmm. So we are putting that into the conclusion. So the idea was four paragraphs for grade four, five for grade five, and six for grade six. Okay. So uh, in grade four, introduction, summarize the story, choose one of the four analysis topics and the conclusion, including connecting it with your personal experience in some way. So the conclusion is where you put your personal experience. Exactly. The four paragraph yeah. model. Okay. Then grade five, now you'd have the introduction, the quick summary, two analysis paragraphs. Okay. So you'd 
pick two of the four. We don't want to get too complicated. Not two characters. You couldn't do two. Well, you could. You oh, okay. Could. But a lot of the stories they were giving these kids were very short. Okay. <laughs> so to get much in the way of character development at all I see. out of more than one character could be tricky. Okay. But we're trying to keep it very clear mm. because, you know, they didn't have a lot of uh, time. And we don't want them to get too too far off the menu. Right. You know? I see. Uh-huh. And so it's like, here's a menu. You choose. Okay. Okay. Now you get what you wanted and you don't have the no problem of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fine. But one thing is, too, you're always, when you're, when you're teaching something like this, you're always wanting to be sure that it's very clear for the students who need the most help. Right. The top-end students, they may go off into some kind of variation, but they're going to be fine because they're already thinking that way. Mm-hmm. We want to provide this for the student who really right. isn't going to make that leap. They need, they need the menu, right? Okay. Um, then sixth grade, okay, six paragraphs. Okay. Introduction, quick summary, three analysis topics, mm-hmm. and then the conclusion. So that's kind of how it came to be. Now, mm-hmm. the the next question for the teacher, of course, is, well, how do you get kids to write about one of these things? Mm-hmm. If you just say to a 11-year-old kid, write a paragraph about the message or theme, that's kind of like the blank page problem. Yes, that's That's going back to Unit 7. It's mm-hmm. well, what do you what do you think it is Mm -hmm. and what do you say about what you think it is? So that moves us into the world of the sub-menu of questions. Okay, right, right? of course, yep. So uh, we've we've been teaching all the way through. The trick to think of stuff is ask questions. So Mm -hmm. in addition to those four analysis topic options, Mm -hmm. we put in the questions, right? So here, for example would be questions if you wanted to write about one of the characters. Okay, what character displays a particular character quality? Now, how do you know that? So then the student has to give some example from the text. Mm, Okay. What did the character do and why did he do it? So you find one action that the character did and try to explain his motive. How did the character affect others in the situation? You know, uh, how did the character change over the course of the story? What did the character learn? So that's, and how did he learn it? Mm -hmm. So you're always trying to say, okay, if you're going to say he learned to be patient, find the incident, find the moment in the story where that is evident and reference that. So. Uh, getting into that world of literary analysis where you go to the text right. to support your claim. So in response to literature, are you doing that? Are you going and citing? Are you including quotes from the story to including your paper? I, I don't know. You you definitely could. It would, mm-hmm. of course, depend on the age and experience of the students you're teaching. But it's not necessarily a requirement. We, we didn't like... put it in as something you really have to do. Right. Okay. Just because of the age of the kids we're working sure. with. But you would say when he told his mother he stole the cookies, he was exhibiting a change yeah. from being, you know, he was showing that he had changed from being 
deceptive and deceitful to wanting to do what's right. You know, some dumb thing like that. Yep. <laughs> um, here was the funny, the funny little incident that happened. I was contemplating this problem of how to get kids to think about character. Okay. Right? Because mainly their vocabulary exists with words like interesting, <laughs> nice, mean, mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. Th those aren't really great things for analysis. Right. And they don't sound very sophisticated. Right. Either. Now, we do provide a critique thesaurus. We do. We but do. But I was thinking, okay, so if you want a kid to think about character, you've got to give them the tools for thinking. That consists of, number one, the question to ask, mm. and number two, the words to answer the question with. How easy is that? How easy is it? Only it's not so obvious to everyone. Right. So I was sitting there thinking, character, quality, character. How do you analyze character? And then I realized... There are whole curriculums right. based on right. character. Right. Right. Character first. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the website of one of these things mm -hmm. and I just copied all these words like alertness, attentiveness, benevolence, boldness, cautiousness, compassion, contentment, creativity, deference, dependability, determination, diligence, blah, blah, blah. It goes Sounds like on. you're reading a list, Andrew. It is alphabetical order. <laughs> and I thought if you just give the kids these words mm -hmm. and talk about them a little bit so you know that they know what they mean. If you just give them the list of words and say, okay, you read the story, which of these applies to that character? Boom. You've suddenly got a child able to think a thought they were not really able to articulate because they have the vocabulary right there in front yep. of them. Yep. The you know, the frustrating part for teachers in schools is that oftentimes assessments are done yeah. in isolation of the tools the students have been right. using. Right. Um, I remember working with a district in Washington and they had to do this state, you know, assessment of learning standards or something. And the rule was that the teachers had to cover the walls with paper. Yeah. So the students couldn't look. Right. And I just thought, oh, it's so fundamentally wrong. Right. But, okay, you know, that's what they're trying to do is, is assess how much those kids can carry around in their brain with mm -hmm. no help, blah, blah, blah. So any case, the more you practice with the list, the better it is. I memorize the list, but at least practice with it so there's more familiarity. So, you know, if you're going to do character, boom, you've got words to, to do analysis with, mm -hmm. to describe mm -hmm. and value. Message or theme, who changed, how did they change, what did you learn, mm -hmm. what could be learned from this story? Have you had any experience similar to this in your life? That would be that personal connection that they want, mm -hmm. you know, so they would be happy if if the student said, I too have been tempted to um, steal the cookies. Deception. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. However, this story underscores the value of honesty, even if you give in to the temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's going to be something that would score well because they're going to look at the kid and say, ah, He's relating the story 
to his own personal experience. Right. That's that's kind of what they're wanting. But it, it does require a bit of objectivity that it, it's hard to force, right. you know, force right. at that age. So in any case, anyone who wants to look at this more in depth, of course, it's in our teaching, writing, structure, and style, as right. well as in our student resource packet right. uh, that is provided with uh, most of our theme-based right. materials. Yep. So I, I don't know how this has been used by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice if, if any of our listeners have got that far in the syllabus and tried this out. Sure. Uh, we've done a little bit with yep. the classes that we've got going right now. Right. And a smattering of our theme-based books have now this response to literature type exercise. Yes, as, as we've been revising them mm-hmm. because everybody thinks it's useful and important. The other thing that we introduce either with this, if the student is old enough, mm-hmm. or in the next section we'll talk about the, the literary analysis, is the triac mm-hmm. paragraph model. Yep. So that yeah, is a case where you, you kind of have to figure out, is are the students old enough to get this idea? Right. You know? And if they, if they have the experience and the maturity, teach it. And if not, right. don't, don't go too far into this model because it could just be confusing and frustrating. Exactly. But if they're old enough, the triac consists of the topic sentence the restriction, the illustration, the analysis, and the clincher. So T for topic, R, restriction, I, illustration, A, analysis, C, clincher. Great. Analysis there in the more broad general sense. In the specific sense, analysis means break something into component parts, discuss the relationships, make a value judgment, Mm. right? Do some critical thinking, so to speak. Mm-hmm. In this case, we're thinking more in a general way. How, how does that example support what you're trying to say? Or what's the impact, the significance, the value of that in mm-hmm. what you're doing? So with the literary analysis essay, there's a couple changes. Okay. One is you entirely drop the summary, right? Okay. And you assume the reader already knows well the piece you're writing about. So a literary analysis essay is not trying to introduce the reader to a story or a book or an article or a movie or anything. With an attempt to persuade them to watch it or not watch no. it, read it so or not read it. No. That, that's the first major thing. Mm-hmm. Don't go tell me about the thing. I already know this story. Right. You and I are having this discussion mm-hmm. with the presumption that we both have read it, we know it well, and so dispense with the unnecessaries. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that we we get rid of the how do you feel about this. Mm-hmm. So a literary analysis is not a response to literature in that, please tell me how this affects you personally. Mm. No. It's really a very academic exercise Mm -hmm. in trying to understand how 
the author does what the author does. Right. So back to the no I. Yeah. Back to the no I. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, we're moving further from unit nine toward the unit eight. And this is where the triac paragraph can be very useful. Right. And this also is where we require, essentially, the model requires mm -hmm. that you have a thesis okay. statement. That is something you're going to say about this story, mm -hmm. and then you're going to kind of prove your statement by citing examples okay. from the story and explaining how that example supports your thesis. My boys did a lot of this in high school. They I'm read sorry. A, no. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm just going to not argue with you, Andrew, but maybe persuade you a little bit. I know that you've said that writing is having a conversation with yourself. Yes. So as they were doing literary analysis about the books they were reading, and these were good books, good and great books, they actually learned to appreciate the books even more. Mm-hmm because they understood them more, because they had to think about them as they were having conversations Well, and that would be us. the goal, mm -hmm. certainly. Mm -hmm. um, one of my concerns is that if you, if you force a child into this before they're really ready yep. in terms of maturity, thinking skills, comfortability with the whole writing process mm -hmm. thing, or you thrust them into it without giving them enough support and help, you do run the danger of them starting to hate the literature itself. And I totally understand that. And I've seen the way you taught this unit, where you how you teach this unit. And it was similar to how my boys were taught this type of writing because they had conversations about the book with their classmates, with their tutor, and then they went and wrote about it. So they knew what to write. And yeah. they had some more things to say that they didn't have time to say in class because there were too many other people saying things. But now they had an audience. Yeah. I mean, I'm always sensitive mm -hmm. to if I give an assignment to students. Two things. Number one, would I personally be able to do this assignment right. given the information that right. I gave them? Right. You know, is there enough information, modeling, help, mm -hmm. sample, idea, you know, that they could say, yeah, I know what to do. Right. If the answer is no, well, then we're not ready for this. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is, does this assignment interest me at all? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't interest me at all, and I'm a relatively easy to interest person, you know, <laughs> at my advanced age <laughs> and broad level of experience and interest. If it doesn't kind of prick an, an interest in me to do it, well, then it's not likely to do that for them. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be a good experience. And then they'll come out and saying, well, I really hated doing that. Right. So, you know, those are the two things I'm always thinking is – does this assignment give me a spark, the tiniest spark of interest? Right. And do I think I could do it if I were on the other side of the table? Well, and I think that's kind of true across the board. My favorite class in high school was English because I had a remarkable English teacher. Yeah. My least favorite class was biology <laughs> because I had 
the Gestapo of biology teachers. So I think it's really important for students to be in an environment where the teacher loves what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. And they do that with you. Yeah, my least favorite class is biology. My <laughs> second least favorite class was English. My third least favorite, I don't know that, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say it was Latin one. Really? Because the teacher was cute. <laughs> oh, I guess that counts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so with the literary analysis, you have to have some type of thesis, mm -hmm. something you want to prove. Now, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes the, the assignment will give a prompt that will help with that. So a very simple type of prompt would be, okay, here's an Aesop fable. Take your pick. Heron the tortoise. What values does this story teach? Great. Okay. Then that turns into a thesis. This teaches the value of agreeing to ridiculous things. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. So now you have to prove that thesis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the hare and the tortoise teaches that agreeing to do ridiculous things can sometimes work in the end. All right. So what was the ridiculous thing? Well, the tortoise agreed to a race with okay, the hare. Okay. Now you got to write a whole paragraph about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what other evidence do we have that he agreed to do this? Well, I guess he showed up at the race. He showed up at the race and uh, they worked together to design the course and pick the judge. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what evidence do we have that there was success? Well, the tortoise won. Okay. So now we have to spin that out mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> into three topics. Right. And in the end, we would say, therefore, it's very clear right. from the text mm -hmm. and the inferences we can make mm -hmm. that it can sometimes be very beneficial to undertake ridiculous things. Right. All right. There you go, kids. Were you listening? There is your literary analysis yeah. on the no, uh, and the, the more obvious one would be persistence wins, but right. it wouldn't have helped unless Providence had favored the <laughs> yeah. tortoise by causing the hare to get cocky or sleepy or tired or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So there are a few different thesis statement possibilities right. that you could come up with mm -hmm. in response to the prompt, what values does this teach? The books that my boys would read and they would write about, they had a handful of questions to pull from to be able to create their thesis. So they didn't; they weren't restricted to just one question. Right. Mm -hmm. right. That helped. And this um, would, would work in a way together with um, one of those questions like, should mm -hmm. a certain character have done what they did? Mm -hmm. uh, so should the tortoise have agreed right. to run the race? Yes. You might look for, you know, reasons mm -hmm. for, yes, he should have because mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. He should not have because of blah, blah, blah. And you could structure kind of an essay around that. Sometimes your your thesis might be more the author is trying to do a certain thing, right? Mm -hmm. So in this story, which is an allegory, the author is trying to show right. blah, blah, blah. There's your thesis statement. Mm -hmm. So now you kind of see through the allegorical elements and say, because this represents this, blah, 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 blah. And this could represent this, blah, 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 blah. This, therefore, would be the meaning 
of that whole uh, allegorical story. So right. you might have that kind of thing. What would be some other you, – you've taught this more than I have because <laughs> I didn't want to do this at all with any of my kids. Well, and, and, and I understand that, but I also know that it's been in the last decade that you personally have – discovered the beauty of literature yourself. That's, that's true. So, so what are some other thesis statements that you, you know you could come up with? Well, I actually want to go back to the should question and give a little plug for the second edition of Bible-based writing lessons because we've included you've included in the rewrite should Jonah have gone to Nineveh. Right. And, right. and there's more to the story than just, you know, getting swallowed by a great fish and getting spewed out. Nineveh was a really evil city, and maybe Jonah, Jonah was justified in saying no. Those kind of questions that, you know, are coming out, should Aaron have listened to the people and created the golden calf? Well, right. we know the answer is absolutely not, but... Let's consider the other side, and I love that thinking that goes with it as you consider the other side. It reminds me a little bit of what we were talking about the other day with how it sets people up for debate, knowing both sides, that persuasive right. essay yep. model to we know were both sides. About that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So let me just ask you this then. This literary analysis, this response to literature, you've kind of already said it, but I just want to be more direct. When should a teacher, when should a parent introduce this type of writing? At what grade level? At what level of experience with IEW? What's appropriate? Oh, I'd wait as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you think? Well, and I, it's, it says here in the TWSS, you say, don't do this the first year. If you've got a year or two of IEW under your belt, then maybe you can look into this. And I think, you know, and I also think of our Teaching the Classics with Adam Andrews, his book, where he talks about having conversations about exactly. literature. Yeah. That's really the foundation of this. And then when you've had those conversations, then you can send them off to do a writing assignment. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want the children to fall in love with yes. literature. And uh, not destroy their love of it or interest yep. prematurely. Yep. I don't think there's a greater an age. Mm -hmm. It's more like when do you feel you've hit a critical mass of mm -hmm. experience, both as you said in discussing literature and working through the the nine units and maybe the response to literature. And honestly, if you're going to teach this, yes, as a parent or a tutor or a teacher. You better write one yourself. <laughs> That's great Because advice. if you yep. don't, you will not stand in a position mm -hmm. of confidence. You will not exude mm -hmm. the confidence, and you will not say things in the best possible way. Whereas if you wrestle with it, mm -hmm. if you do the assignment before you give it to the students, you will be far better off, Yep. and they will be happier Yep. because – they will get as much help as they need to be successful. Which is one of your four deadly errors yeah, that you teach absolutely. about. Good. Well, thank you, Andrew. This has been very helpful. All right. I hope so. <laughs> okay. All right. Till next time.
Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.